0: Uh, it's a feature album, The Agent Intellect Ride, right? Proto-Marta. Boyce or Boise? Uh, it's still unconfirmed. Uh, this so it's one of the most interesting developments over the last 25 years in climbing. has been the element of hand-holding, as it's called in, in some areas, where very, very proficient climbers... Uh, run agencies where they will fulfill the dreams of very well-heeled people that can pay $60,000, $70,000 to be part of a group to summit something like Everest and one of the effects of this has been for a much lower standard of climber to be on the world's biggest peaks and also a vastly higher number of climbers and the perhaps a pioneer of this was Rob, is it Rob Hall? Rob Hall uh, he started an agency and he's one of the uh, the most esteemed climbers in New Zealand's history very very experienced man very very technically proficient and he started this agency that would take people to the summit of Everest for a mighty sum it might be added uh, and also Scott Fisher another guy that's launched a, a rival agency and I think it was around May the start of May 1996. Uh, when they found themselves at base camp on Everest and realised that there was probably the largest number of people that had ever been on the mountain. And given that they usually work around windows of opportunity that's based around the weather, which is extremely inclement in those parts of uh, the world at that altitude, it makes everyone want to go at the same time. And and with mountains like Everest, there are passages that become bottlenecks And the actual part of summiting itself is incredibly dangerous because they leave at two in the morning and they have to reach the summit and leave the summit by a certain point in the afternoon. And almost all fatalities on climbing accidents uh, or even just uh, climbing in general happen around the descent. Um, It's where things start to go wrong. It's where people lose concentration. And people are often killed by uh, acts of God like rock slides and avalanches as well as the fact that they're often not as qualified as the people leading them and on this particular day these bottlenecks mean that those precious hours and even minutes that they're due to summit get pushed back further and further making the journey back down the mountain that more treacherous and in this particular event in 1996 uh, when both Rob Hall and Scott Fisher's agencies both summited the mountain they were incredibly late very very late coming back down with rob hall actually going back up the mountain with one of his own uh the members of his troop that had got there very very late and uh, agreed to return to the summit just with him and and at this point they were already far too late to make it back to base camp before nightfall which would often leave them stuck on the mountain above what's called the death zone above eight thousand meters where as it points out in the film your body starts slowly dying they have oxygen with them but they can't actually take enough oxygen just to breathe oxygen out of a bottle. So it leads to all manner of problems, including uh, the overnight temperatures uh, causing a great deal of um, frostbite, and in this case, death. And in this case, once they began descending the mountain, out of nowhere, a freak storm came through uh, and ended up killing a large number of these people on the mountain. It's been immortalised in a number of novels, and now it's been um, actually made into a film called Everest by Balthazar Kormakur, and um, it follows literally the the ascent to the summit from base camp with a smattering of real-world relationships thrown into it. Now, it's got good reviews. Um, it isn't that great a film. Um The stuff that happens on the mountain is very well done. Uh, One thing that I really thought stood out about this movie was the physical exertion of climbing uh, and the physical exertion of being above 8,000 metres where there's virtually no air to breathe. Uh, And I thought that was translated brilliantly in this film. It's not something that I've ever seen, just people being just so out of breath, losing their eyesight... Um, and also the cold, the ferocious cold. And when the storm hits, it's, it is magnificent and terrifying uh, what happens. It's just the only place this film is really, really let down is the interpersonal stuff. is so bland. It just doesn't really add anything. And where it really stands up, it's got a jaw-dropping cast. Almost every single person in it is esteemed in some way or another. Jason Clark plays Rob Hall, who's the lead actor in it. He might not be that well known, Uh, he's an Australian actor, but he is starting to crop up in everything. He was the uh, famous torturer in Zero Dark Thirty, the guy with the beard, who was uh, Jessica Chastain's foil for about the first half of the movie. But everyone in it is stunning. Josh Brolin's in it, John Hawkes, who's the guy from uh, Winter's Bone, uh, Robin Wright, Emily Watson, Kira Knightley, Sam Worthington, Jake Gyllenhaal, just all the way across the board, almost every climber involved is played by someone esteemed. I particularly loved Jason Clarke in this movie. I uh, thought he showed astonishing levels of empathy as his character. And I'm a massive fan of Josh Brolin, and I mentioned last week, I think, that um, he always gets to play these sardonic, smart-aleck, and very laconically cool uh, cops, And I said that he's so good at doing that. He did it in Inherent Vice. And uh, what was the film I reviewed recently? Oh, Sicario, a couple of weeks ago. He plays a similar sort of role in that. So it's really lovely to get him in a role where he gets to shine as an actor. And he's probably the standout performance. He plays a very rich Texan who tries to summit the mountain and he could just play it as an arrogant fool but he doesn't he's a he's another very empathetic character and his real life story is astonishing he couldn't make the summit because he lost his eyesight and he was one of the people one of i think two other people that were found dead the next day and just left on the mountain after this brutal storm he was frozen to death but he wasn't dead and he actually made his way down the mountain himself and then another storm hit when he was actually back at base camp and they blew its tent away. And in the morning, they thought he was dead again and left him again. And he got up again and carried on. He lost both his arms, uh, sorry, both his hands and a foot, but he made it back. He actually made it back to humanity. So it's a thrilling film. Uh, it's a bit leaden when it comes to people talking, but the actors themselves are great and a a few of the performances are excellent jake gyllenhaal is criminally underused in this i must say and most of the women in it aren't really used that much they're kind of either at home or at the camp but emily watson shines she she does a beautiful kiwi accent that she drops a couple of times and it's clanging when she does because she nails it for the rest of the film but well worth watching as a a good piece of uh, thrilling entertainment you get some great footage of everest and you get a real sense of how dangerous it is. It's almost like we fluffy up these really dangerous things to do in the modern world. Because you can do them with help from outside. But there's no way after watching this, I don't think anyone would want to do it. It just looks so dangerous. So I'm going to give Everest, uh, I'm going to give it seven and a half. Out of ten, mainly for the cast and for the mountain itself, and the story, which is a highly disputed, by the way, as there's been uh, numerous books and counterbooks alleging that different things did or didn't happen. So, uh, a fascinating look at the 1996 disaster. At the time, the most amount of people, I think, eleven, that were killed on Everest, has been surpassed twice now. You have Julian on the brown note, and what have we got next?